You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. And floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do it yourself dilemma. The number is 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 3974. And it is officially fall fix up season. Yay. That's right. Labor Day is gone. Summer is becoming a distant memory. Let's put this humidity behind us. That's right, exactly. Let's get rid of the humidity. (laughs) Let's start cutting back on the air conditioning bills. And let's get back to work fixing up our house, fixing up your home, fixing up your castle. What project do you want to work on? Remember, you are three months away from sealing the vault, being stuck inside that house all winter long. Surely (laughs) there's an improvement that will make that experience a lot more pleasant. We've got a a couple of suggestions for you on, on today's program. Uh, coming up, if you're looking for a quick and easy way to save energy immediately, I say put your kids to work. <laughs> Leslie says attic insulation is a better way to go. We will have the tips in just a bit. And we're going to tell you why cheaper is not always better, especially when it comes to paint. We're going to do the math and prove that paying more is actually going to save you money. Plus, find out how to keep your yard from turning into a soupy, swampy mess after a heavy rain. We get a lot of calls about drainage problems coming up in just a bit. We're going to welcome Roger Cook from This Old House, and he's going to have the step-by-step on how to build a dry well to make all that water go away. And to get you started on your next do-it-yourself project, whatever it might be, we're giving away a $50 gift card to Lowe's. So call us right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to the phones. Paul in South Carolina needs some help with, it seems like, his entire home based on this note (laughs) I got from our call screener. What's up, Paul? I have noticed that in my uh, second story, uh, the hardwood floors are uneven. Um, They seem to be higher right down the middle of the house. What kind of home do you have, Paul? Is it a two-story colonial? That's that's probably the, the best way to describe it. Okay, because down the middle of a, of a typical two-story colonial, you typically have, typically have a girder and uh, a bearing surface where the floor joists uh, sort of crisscross. Right. And if the hardwood floor seems to be higher in the middle, um, it could be that the outside walls are settling, or even more commonly is that when the contractors put the floor joists and crisscross them at the girder, they overhang them on the girder a little bit too long. And if you can imagine this, as the floor settles, they kind of scissor up and press up the floor in the middle of it. Do you see any evidence of active movement? Like, do you see wall cracking that are significant or anything of that nature? I have noticed that uh, there is some cracking in the ceiling um, in, uh, on the, in the downstairs. Okay. Well, you know, it, it might be worth having the home looked at by a professional engineer or a, a professional home inspector to see if you can get a sense as to why this is happening. 
you, a little bit of cracking is okay, but you're now putting two and two together. You're seeing movement underneath and movement above. And by the movement, I mean the hump in the floor and the right. cracking of the ceiling. And so there, it's possible something could be moving. There could be other things going on that a trained eye uh, might be able to pick up. Okay. And you think uh, a home inspector would be the uh, right way to yeah, go? Yeah, a good quality home inspector. I would go to the website for the American Society of Home Inspectors, and that's at ASHI, A-S-H-I. Mm-hmm. .org, O-R-G, and you can put in your zip code. You'll find a list of home inspectors in your area that are certified by that organization. You know, call a few off of that list, uh, see if you can find the right guy that way. That sounds great. Thank you for your help. You're welcome, Paul. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Time to talk to Nancy in Delaware about sewer flies. What's going on? Oh, hi. Uh, well, we have had sewer flies in the basement, and they're coming up into the kitchen in the bathroom. And this house is about 90 years old. And last summer we had them bad. And we tried the bleach and the pine saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought we had it licked. We even covered the drain in the, ba- in the basement. And this, when you covered the drain in the basement, you mean with tape, so you know that they were coming from that drain itself? Now we got a regular stopper. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but now they're back. <laughs> Well, Nancy, the reason why you end up with sewer flies is because they love organic debris. They like to eat it. They like to find it. That's in all of the drains and anywhere in the home. And that's what they feed off of. And then they come up into your house. And you know that they're sewer flies because when you crush them, not that you're hurting them or you're killing them. We're trying to be friendly. But when you do squish them, they turn to dust. You end up with this like powder-like residue. That's how you identify them as the sewer flies. And what you really need to do, Nancy, is find out exactly where they're coming from. So what you can do is you can take some tape and put the tape over the drains that you suspect that they're coming from and let it sit for, you know, a day or so and then pull it off and you know exactly where they're coming from because you'll see them on the backside of the tape. And then the reason that you're not getting, you know, you're not having success in getting rid of them is because you need to use one of these sort of biochemical products that are meant to get rid of that organic debris. The bleach isn't going to do it. You need something that's made to um, go into the drain and get rid of all of that debris that sits in there that they eat. Okay. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Well, I know we've just put Labor Day behind us, but get real, folks. It's three months till the holidays, so woohoo! You're going to have a lot of people knocking on your door shortly, so let us help you get all of those projects done to get your Money Pit in tip-top shape. We are here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, buying cheap paint might seem like a bargain, but it could end up costing you a lot more in the long run. We'll explain why after this. You're in a money pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit because one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a great prize. You are going to have your chance to win a $50 Lowe's gift card. Now, you can use it towards a great investment in energy efficiency, being that we are going to be dealing with dropping temperatures very soon. And this is also going to help boost your curb appeal should you choose. You could get yourself a benchmark door by Thermatru. It's available. Available exclusively at Lowe's. They're absolutely gorgeous, but you got to be in it to win it. So get your home improvement questions ready and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 
888-666-3974. Well, you might be tempted to pick up bargain paint for your next big house painting project, but if you're thinking about doing that, don't. Cheap paint is never a bargain. Here's why. You need to measure the true cost of painting your home by figuring out not only the cost of the paint, but also the labor and, most importantly, how long it lasts. If you save a few hundred bucks by using lower quality and less expensive paint, the paint job might have to be redone sooner. In fact, it absolutely will have to be done redone sooner. And the reason is because there's not as much body to the paint. Paint is made with a product called titanium dioxide. Mm -hmm. The cheaper paints just don't have as much of it, and they don't last, and they don't cover. Mm -hmm. Now, when it does come time to choose your paint, you want to look at some really great durable options. And one of them out there is Bare Premium Plus Ultra. Now, this is a great idea because it's a paint that doubles as a primer. So you've got what you need in the paint itself to cover existing or even uncoated surfaces without the need and the steps required to apply a separate primer. Now, this is what I love about Bare. If you can't decide on a color, they've got these little 8-ounce paint samples available. They can be tinted to any of the Bare Premium Plus colors. And then you take home all the colors that you like, 5, 10, you name it. It makes a world of difference when you can paint a 2 by 2 square on your wall and look at it in all types of lighting at different times of the day because a color that you might have loved initially on that little 1-inch patch that you see in the book you might not like when it's bigger on the wall. So rather than saving, you know, rather than wasting all the steps and wasting your money, get the samples. You will absolutely love it. All of the Bear Premium Plus Ultra Colors are available at the Home Depot. You can also go to bear.com. They've got a lot of wonderful ideas there to sort of start the inspiration process. There's a lot of really great tools available online, like the Virtual Color Center, and that's going to help you make all of your decorating decisions with confidence. So now that we're dealing with less humidity, get out there and start painting. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question, your decorating dilemma. We are here to help. Now we're going to help Bruce in Illinois close a door that's giving him a hard time. Tell us about what's going on at your money pit. My problem relates to the corner of the house, which is settled somewhat. The result is that the front door is hard to open and close, and there's a little crack in the wall. If the door is shifted that much, now... Is this a wood door that you could that you could trim, or is it a metal door? It is a wood door. Okay. Well, I mean, there's two things you can do. You can either rehang the door, or you could cut the door. If yeah. I find that there's significant movement, sometimes the easiest way to solve this is to pull the outside trim off the door, take a recir uh, recirculating saw, a reciprocating saw, cut the hardware, usually nails that are going through the floor, through the side of the door jam, into the the stud itself, and then rehang the door. It's not an easy project. It's not something I recommend for a do-it-yourselfer, but it's something a carpenter, you know, could do in an hour or two and have that door working perfectly because it sounds like you're fighting it, and you adjust it a little bit but then it, it seems to swell up again or, or get stuck again. If it's that bad, you might just want to rehang it. Good. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Bruce. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Irene in New Jersey is doing some power cleaning. What can we do for you today? Hi. Um, I want you to uh, know what you thought about having a roof power wash. We're going to be having the siding done, and the contractor suggested we do the roof also. And I guess I had never heard of that and don't know if it's really a good idea. Well, what's wrong with your roof that it needs to be washed? Um, well, it's a light-colored roof, and it's got some uh, black streaking. So you're seeing uh, mold on it. You don't, it may not be mold. It's, it's probably moss. But what you uh -huh. should do is if you want to kind of clean up that area, you can use a mildicide or an algicide, and you could uh -huh. apply it to the roof, and then you can gently brush it 
to try to get that clean. I don't recommend you power wash the whole roof because you're going to blast off a lot of the minerals that are on top of that roof that protect it from the sun. So you could actually shorten the life of your roof by being over aggressive with a pressure washer. But you can spot treat the moss. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, take a look in the home center. There's a product called Jomax, J-O-M-A-X, that works uh -huh. real well to clean uh, moss off of siding and roofs. Okay, but what about now? The, the, the house is okay, though? You think that's What kind idea? of siding do you have? It's vinyl. Not a problem. It'll do a good job. Just don't be too aggressive. Otherwise, you'll blast holes in that siding. Okay, great. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Irene. Good luck with that. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Samantha in New York is dealing with some chilly, uninsulated windows. Tell us about the problem. Um, I live in a home that's about 100 years old, and it has the original windows in it, and all my air, hot or cold, seems to leak out, and in the wintertime, it gets really cold. So I'd just like to know what I could use to better insulate my windows. So my guess is they are single-pane glass. Uh, yes. Do you want to uh, replace them with replacement windows? No, I'd like to keep the original windows, because like all I right. said, the house is over 100 years old. Okay. Well, a couple of things. Um, in the chillier seasons, one of the things that you could do is actually caulk your windows shut. And the way you would do that is with a product called Temporary Caulk. There's a number of manufacturers that make it. One of them, one of the products is called Seal and Peel. Mm -hmm, by DAP. Is that the DAP product? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think Red Devil has one too. And basically the way Temporary Caulk works is it allows you to sort of uh, caulk the window shut the same way you might be putting normal caulk on it. But the key is that you can peel the stuff off in the springtime when it gets really warm and then use the window normally. Yeah, but you're probably also losing a lot of that heat and energy through the glass itself because there's no insulating factor to that single pane. You know, do you have storm windows? No, they're just the original. They're really tall and they're like four panes. Yeah, that's another issue. I mean, if you don't have storm windows, it's always going to be super cold. And the only other thing you can do beyond that is to try to weather strip it and also put on some heavy drapes. But single-pane glass is single-pane glass, and there's nothing you're going to do that's going to make that any warmer short of a major window project. Can here. you retrofit an existing window to have a track on the exterior for a storm window? Yes, the storm window can mount to the exterior surface of that window and, and provide that, uh, that, that level of draft proofness. All righty. All right. If all else fails, wear a sweater. <laughs> yeah, I've tried. Samantha, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Heading over to Rhode Island to chat with Scott about roofing. What can we do for you today? Well, I'll tell you what. We've had some uh, nasty thunderstorms here in the Northeast this summer, and as luck would have it, a big old maple tree fell on the uh, roof of my house. Uh, most of the damage that was done, fortunately for me, was done to uh, the shed roof which is attached to the back of my garage. but I hope you weren't home when it fell down, Matt. Uh, I was. As a matter of fact, I was uh, getting dressed, and I heard this big thud. I thought the, the trash cans had gotten blown over by the heavy winds, but it wasn't. It was the tree that fell on the roof, but fortunately nobody was hurt. And, <laughs> All right. you know, the, the, the damage was relatively minor. I mean, it, it ripped a satellite dish Lucky. off the corner of the roof and bent mm -hmm. the gutter. But, you know, all stuff that I could fix, it actually broke the uh, fascia board, uh, you know, in front of the softening on the overhang. But th my one question that I have, and I've even repaired the bent drip edge as well, I've got some damaged shingles. Now, this roof is relatively newly shingled. They're architectural mm -hmm. shingles, and I have extra shingles from when I did it myself. Mm -hmm. My question is now, with some of these shingles damaged and needing to be replaced, not the whole roof, how do you replace shingles in the middle of the roof? Ah, uh, there's a trick of the trade for that, and what you need is a flat bar. It's like a flat pry bar where it's sort of like curved on one end and flat on the other and used to pull out nails. And you take the flat bar and you work it under the shingle, 
and you actually go up to right where that nail is going through the shingle, bend it down and pop the nail out, then go above it and pull the nail out. If you do that carefully across one row, you will have loosened up those shingles. And as you know, so you once, you get get underneath the, it. once you get the first one out, then it's a piece of cake. What you need is a flat bar to do that. I think I may have what you're talking about. Is that I call it a cat's paw? Is that the same no, type of bar? No, 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 no. It's not a cat's paw. No, a cat's paw is round, and that's designed to kind of go down from the top. A flat bar is essentially that. It's a it's a tool that's about two inches wide, you know, an eighth of an inch thick, and about twelve inches long, and it has a groove at the end that slides under the shingle with a little V groove in it, and you can not wiggle called it. a pry bar. Well, it's a little bit like a pry bar, but it's not like a crowbar. It's not round like that. It's flat. Thank you. All right, Scott, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Does he need to be worried about working with it on a cooler day, possibly snapping the tile? No, only if it's really, really cold would you have to worry about that. But, you know, that adhesive will chill as quickly as it will heat. So as Mm -hmm. long as you're doing it in the morning and not like in the middle of a 90-degree day, he'll be fine. Jacqueline in Oregon has a question about backsplash tile. What can we do for you? Yes, I do. In my bathroom, I have noticed that over time, I have a stain developing back there. And I'm not sure if it's because I have hard water. Uh, I have a well. Mm-hmm. And so I know sometimes that tends to be hard water. But So it's stained. And the only way I could really ever get it off is if I take a razor blade and really scrub mm-hmm. it hard. And I'm wondering if there's something that I could use to eat that away. Is it like a white cloudy stain? Um, it's more like a brown kind of stain. It's uh, it's discolored. Hmm. It sounds like hard water stains. Yeah. Do you have hard water? Yeah, I think it, it I think I do have hard water. Do you find that it it's, it takes a lot to get like really soapy? Do you see uh, mineral deposits on your glassware and things like that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have hard water. You know, you might want to think about putting a water softener onto your home. We just started working with a product called Easy Water, which is a really high-tech water softener. It's a lot less expensive and a lot healthier than the salt-based softeners. But basically, it's an appliance that's plugged in right near your main water line. And then you wrap a wire around the main water line. And electrically, it charges the mineral particles so that they don't stick together. And they don't, you know... It forces them apart from one another. Yeah, they don't get stuck on things. And it makes the water flow a lot nicer. It makes it easier to soap up. You know, it's a lot of advantages to it. It's called Easy Water. They have two different models. And I put one in our shore house... And it worked fantastic. And you might want to try with the existing stain some white vinegar. Just take some white vinegar on a sponge, saturate that area, see if that will sort of break up the minerals that are sticking and making all of that stain on the walls, and then rinse it really well. I'll do that. All right, Jacqueline, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, does your yard turn into an unwanted backyard swimming pool after a heavy rainfall? Well, we've got the solution to that soggy mess. It's called a dry well. We're going to give you the step-by-step on how to build one after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Pit. 
The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Install a new energy-efficient Thermatru door today and qualify for up to a $1,500 tax credit. To learn more, visit thermatru.com slash tax credit. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And please visit MoneyPit.com to learn more about your current home improvement projects, the ones that are on your to-do list, because we've broken down the jobs by room, by project, and by season. And there's lots of tips and helpful advice there to help you get your projects done. It's all free at MoneyPit.com. Now we've got Sonny in Florida who's dealing with some uninvited visitors to the home. What can we do for you? Oh, man, I got the sugar ants, pharaoh ants, and there's a few other names I want to call them. <laughs> I mean, just, and I take that stuff that uh, that you buy at the store and you the sugar stuff with whatever's mm-hmm. in it. Right. I mean, they chew on it for a couple of days and they disappear and they show, show up somewhere else. I mean, I've done this like three or four times. This may be the time to stop uh, being your own do-it-yourself pest control pro and and hire a real one. You know, there are products out today for ants, Sonny, that are undetectable. And what's cool about these is that the ants, once these products are applied by a pro, the ants uh, can march through them and not know that they're exposing themselves to these chemicals. And then they take them back to the nest, and it wipes out the whole colony. It's a far more effective way than the baits, which requires each ant to actually eat it to be eradicated. Yeah. And there's a lot more of them than there are of us, so you need to kind of get smart with it. And uh, having a pro come in and putting put down one of the undetectable pesticides is probably the best way to do this. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Sonny, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, sometimes after a heavy rain, your yard looks more like a swamp. And if this has ever happened to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All that water has absolutely no place to go. Well, there is a solution. It's called a dry well. And here to teach us how to build one are host Kevin O'Connor and landscaping contractor Roger Cook from This Old House, two guys who have built quite a few of these things. So, Kevin, where do we start? You know, dry wells, they can help take the heavy rainfall and hide it away before it turns your yard into a swamp. So the question is, what's the best way to build one that's going to stand up to the test of time, but also stand up to some heavy rainstorms? Well, a dry well is just that, a dry hole in the ground used to disperse water into the ground. It can be used for downspouts, or it can even be used for a connection for a sump pump. Now, the trick with a dry well is to isolate it from the dirt and around it by using stone that will drain the water down and also landscape fabric to keep it from getting filled with dirt. It's also a good idea to have a pop-up overflow. So during heavy rain, if the drywall gets overwhelmed, it's a way to release the water from the drywall. So how about maintenance? I mean, once you have it built, what's the best way to keep a drywall free-flowing? Keep it free-flowing by keeping your gutters clean. If leaves go in your gutters and down the downspouts, they're going to end up in your dry well. And after a period of time, they could actually keep it from draining water. Great advice, Roger Cook and Kevin O'Connor from This Old House. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you. Great tip. And you can actually watch a step-by-step video on how to install a dry well at thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next... We're going to talk about the quickest and cheapest way to see instant energy savings. We'll tell you what you need to know to install more insulation in your home after this. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium 2-Part Epoxy Garage Floor Coating. 
transform drab gray concrete garage floors into attractive and functional spaces with a showroom quality finish. For more information, visit Bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit with your home improvement question. A good reason to do that is because one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $50 Lowe's gift card. You can use it towards a great investment in energy efficiency and curb appeal. It's the Benchmark Door by Thermatrue. The Benchmark doors are made for easy installation. They've got the look of wood with all of the benefits of fiberglass, like no rotting, no warping, no swelling, and no cracking. Available exclusively at Lowe's. The number, again, is one eight 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 money pit We're going to draw one name out of the Money Pit hard hat, and we might send that $50 Lowe's gift card to you. So pick up the phone. All righty. Well, most homes in America, even those that are just a couple of years old, I know you're thinking, I've got a new house, I'm all set. Well, even those newer homes simply just do not have enough insulation. Now, here's the good news. Insulation, it's cheap and it's an easy to do project all on your own. It's around 30 bucks a roll and you can add six inches of insulation to your attic and you will see savings from the moment you complete the job. Now, most heat losses through the ceiling. So this is a really fast way to get a super quick return on your investment. Just make sure you wear long sleeves, safety goggles, take all the necessary precautions. It's a great project and you will be super satisfied with the results. Absolutely. It's one of the fastest ways to cut down on your heating cost. 888-666-3974. Before the weather turns chilly, call us right now with your energy saving question. We can help. Time to go to the roof with Paulette in Tennessee. How can we help you? Hi there. I just needed some information about uh, buying a quality shingle, or how to roof my home without blowing my top. I <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd like to have something that has a guarantee that mm-hmm. that's really good, but I don't want to overpay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with how many layers of roofing shingles do you have on the home now, Paulette? How old is it? Uh, the roof on there now is probably 30 years old. It's the original? Is that the original roof then? It, it has been replaced once, but they took everything off the first okay. time. Now, how long do you think you're going to be in this house, Paula? Do you think it's going to be more than 10 more years? Yes, I do. Okay. Then what I would recommend is that you, again, remove the old roofing shingles. because, And the reason I ask you this is because if you put a second layer on, it tends to not last as long as the first layer did because of the added heat buildup that's contained within that original layer. It tends to wear out the new shingle quicker because shingles are made from asphalt. There's oils involved. And as the oil evaporates, the quicker it evaporates, the quicker the shingle dries out and starts to crack and, and not perform well. So I would recommend that you strip the original roof. In terms of the new shingle, it's really going to depend on on two things. Um, number one is going to depend on what, what look you're, you're trying to achieve. Um, if you want to um, you know, get something that looks like, for example, a wood shingle or a clay tile, that's called a dimensional shingle. It's made up of different layers. It's very attractive, but it's more expensive. But if you want just a basic roof, you can have just a plain three-tab black shingle. They're both going to last just as long. Uh, and the second thing is, and this is especially important in an older house, is to make sure you improve the ventilation. Typically, older homes don't have enough roof ventilation, and there's a direct relationship between how long your roof lasts and how well your attic is ventilated. If you keep the attic as cool as possible, especially in a warm environment, last longer. Yeah, especially in a warm environment like Tennessee, the roof will last as long as possible. 
Alan in Florida is looking to get some backup power to his home. What can we do for you? Just that. I We bought a home about uh, a little under two years ago, and I'm looking to try to find out what would be the proper size backup generator in case the power goes out. Well, you're talking about a standby generator, so you want this to power the entire house, correct? Uh, preferably, yes. Yeah. You know, it's a good time to buy a standby generator. We've had a lot of storms this year and other reasons for other for that and other reasons that force our power to go out. Having a standby generator is very, very nice. I actually have in my house, Alan, a Generac unit that we put in. It's got to be at least five years ago now. And it's a beautiful thing when the power goes out and I've got the only house on the street with lights and refrigeration and everything else that you depend on it too for. To determine how big of a unit you need, it really depends on how many circuits that you want to power. If you wanted to power the entire electrical panel, uh, you'll need a bigger panel than if you want to just sort of do the mission-critical circuits. But you're probably talking about something anywhere from around 12 kilowatts up to about 20 kilowatts for the average size house. Okay, I, I pretty much want to be able to sustain the whole house because I'm, well, one of the reasons I'm an over-the-road truck driver and I'm gone a lot and Mm -hmm. I don't want my wife to have to worry about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And of course, this is going to be natural gas powered, so you won't have to worry about uh, gasoline. They'll all just run automatically. You have natural gas in your house? Uh, No, it's actually an all-electric home. Okay. Do you have, um, you may want to think about going with propane then because this way... Um, the system will all be all will be ready to go no matter what happens. You don't want to have to rely on having gasoline to operate a generator because when the power's out, guess what? You can't get the gas. The pumps are down right. too, right? So you're probably going to look for a propane system. You know, there's a good website that has uh, a lot of information on how to size generators, and you can actually go through and you know add up it the like circuits that you, you have. It takes you through a five-step process, so you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, it's electricgeneratorsdirect.com. And you know what, Alan, um, every year there's a cost versus value survey about updates that you can make to your home. And this year they added backup power generators to their surveys. And in the Miami area, you recoup 89.2% on putting this into your house. So you know it's a good investment, especially when it comes time to sell. Okay, thank you. That's, a, that's good information to have. You're welcome, Alan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Connie and Georgia need some help with the refrigerator. What can we do for you? Hey, oh, we have a seven-year-old refrigerator, um, top freezer. Um, when it was about six years old, it started leaking water in the floor. And okay. we just kind of put a towel there because it was still doing just fine. And then um, it went on along about six months or so, and then it started dripping out the vent in the top of the refrigerator part. And so okay. we said, well, we're just going to put a pan under it. We put a pan under it, and we called it, and it was still working just fine. But now it's dead. But the freezer's working great, but the bottom part is really hot. And I'm just wondering, you know, I mean, is it not that we could fix it ourselves? I mean, is it that complicated that we couldn't go find the parts? And what do you think it is? Well, I'm not so sure about the warm issue. It sounds like there's a problem with the compressor. The leakage issue that you're describing is probably because there's a drainage tube that comes off the self-defrosting side of the refrigerator. That's how it gets rid of the water during the defrost cycle. There's a little tube or like a channel that that sheds the water to a pan at the bottom of the refrigerator. Uh And sometimes that tube gets clogged, and when it does, 
the water backs up and it can back up into the refrigerator or it can back up into the bottom of the, the motor area under the refrigerator and just sort of puddle on the floor. And if you can identify where that tube is and clean it, then that usually fixes the leak. Now, that, however, may not be what's going on here because you're telling me that the refrigerator is actually dead. And if that's the case, you know, it, this probably is not going to be worth fixing. But I want to send you to a website that might be able to help you dig into this a little bit further. It's called repairclinic.com. Okay. And it's a really good site. It's been around for a lot of years. We've interviewed uh, the guy that runs it from time to time, and he'll actually step you through the conditions uh, and how these how these particular types of appliances you can actually put in your model number, your part number, and they'll tell you how it actually breaks down. Okay. And okay. if it's something that's fixable, they can give you the the sell you the parts and and tell you exactly how to do it. Okay. Well, I sure thank you so very much. Well, you're welcome, and good luck with that project. Let us know how you make out. All right, up next, we are going to have tips on restoring old stuff, everything from a century-old piano to mosaic tiles discovered buried underneath vinyl floors. So stick around. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Are you busy? We understand. No time to pick up the phone. Send us an email by going to moneypit.com, clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie, just like Chris did in Iowa. All right, Chris writes, in a century-old house, I'm uncovering a mosaic tile bathroom floor that's been covered with vinyl tile. Well, how fortunate. Um, is there a product that will easily remove the vinyl tile adhesive without damaging the ceramic tile underneath? Uh, there's nothing easy about removing glue, Chris. <laughs> and part of the reason is that there's just so many different formulations of glue. You really never know what you're dealing with. You will find that the adhesive removers that are commercially available will do the job, but there's going to be a, a fair amount of trial and error. Now, there are citrus-based removers, which are a little easier to work on. You might want to start at that level and see if they work for you. Well, and those are very user-friendly as far as, you yeah, know, odor. Exactly. And then, of course, there's the, you know, pull out all of the, the, the big guns, a solvent-based. Open every window, wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turn on the fans. You know, chase all of your kids and pets out of the house and, and go at it. Uh, and, of course, those are the hardest to work with. But, again, there's nothing easy about removing adhesive. However, if you've got a really attractive uh, a mosaic floor under that vinyl, then it might be worth the effort. So go for it. You know what, Chris, I think it's also important to pay attention to the directions on whatever product you choose because you really do need to apply the product and let it sit and do its job, whether it's 15 minutes if they recommend or hours. I know there's soy-based products as well that sometimes need to sit for several hours before you try because they're turning that hardened adhesive back to that liquid or that sort of goopy state that it was applied in. So whatever you do choose, just make sure that you allow it to do its job before you go for it. Some of them need you to use use a, like a floor scraper or a paint scraper. If you do, be very cautious because you don't want to scratch up the tile, but that should work for you. 
All right, we've got one here from Susan in New Jersey who writes, I have a 100-year-old upright piano that was in storage for about 30 years. I just had the piano refurbished. However, over the years, it developed mildew. I washed the wood with one part bleach to three parts water, and that was fine, but I can't do that to the felted areas. Can you recommend something to rid that odor from the felt? Mm. That is a tough one because it took a lot of time for that felt to get that odor, and it's going to probably take just as much time uh, for it to to purge itself, I would suggest that if you get this piano into a dry area with uh, you know a very re- very reasonable relative humidity, that over time the odor will come away. Um, but the other thing that you probably could do is add a deodorizer to the inside of the piano itself. For example, one of those solid Citrus Magic deodorizers would work mm. well. In fact. They work well in your baby's diaper pail, Leslie, right? So they, they do, and, that's a, and that's well a pretty stinky area. <laughs> inside the piano as well. Any other suggestions? You know what else you could try, Susan? Um, you know, baking soda that you always put in refrigerators to remove odor. Um, why not take some of it? Is it soda or powder, the Arm & Hammer? Soda, right? Uh, it's uh, baking soda, correct. Okay, so get the Arm & Hammer. Go ahead, and you know those little cheesecloth um, herb bags that you would get to put different herbs and spices in if you're making soup? This way the, the leaves don't fall apart in the soup itself. Get some of those. You'll find them in the supermarket in the, in the spice section. Fill those up with the baking soda, and then hang them from the wires or sort of sit them in the, in the areas of the felt that are kind of mildew-smelling. And maybe over time that'll be enough to just sort of absorb it away another option is febreze i mean if you know it's not going to damage the color of the felt that thing works like a charm i don't know how it does but those are three solutions that'll definitely help you out so good luck with that and enjoy that piano this is the money pit home improvement radio show thank you so much for spending this hour with us remember we always encourage you to measure once cut twice and always cover your mistakes with a paintbrush. I'm Tom Kreitler. <laughs> and I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But a tube of caulk always helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, it covers up all those mistakes. It does.